and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with the beautiful co-host, Laura Shukguzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, hello, lovely. How are you going? Ah, going pretty well. Doing the thing, the mama the- entrepreneurial thing. Before I jumped on this call with you, I was like going through the, yeah, and all of the stuff and the dinner and the work and all of the stuff. So, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> entrepreneurial thing, whether it's you're navigating motherhood and entrepreneur or a job and a side hustle or the millions of, of things we're having to navigate as women. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so interesting. And I think it can bring up some stuff, which is one of the things we want to dive into today. We really have... I think approach this topic in a lot of different angles throughout our podcast episodes, but we haven't actually addressed it as the main component of an episode. And so what we want to dive into is look at, you know, emotions. What are they exactly? How do we utilize them for good in our business? Is it bad to use emotions in business? Because I think that's a perspective that we see a lot in the world. And so we just kind of want to sort of dissect emotions, emotional responses, and how that relates to business. Hmm. Well, you knew that when you decided to co-host with a therapist that you're going to have to go there. And that's why we always have jived because we, yes. you and I have always thought a lot about emotions and emotional intelligence is something important to us and important to raising our girls. Um, and now my little feminist boy. So <laughs> I'm glad that we're taking this on more directly, like a more direct conversation because we, like you said, we're always sort of looking at different emotional, um, like the emotional landscape of being in business for ourselves. But what do we actually mean when we say emotions are a good thing in business Mm. or or are they? Like, and how do we navigate the sort of the shadow side of all of that as well? So yeah, I'm excited. This is, this is good stuff. So where do you want to, where do you want to start with this conversation? It's so big. (sighs) I know it is. So I was thinking, let's sort of just start and address kind of the perceptions out there, because I think that one of the big perceptions that we need to sort of look at and dissect is that a lot of people feel that emotions don't belong in business, right? We've all heard sort of the things, you know, business isn't personal, you should be objective, you know, shut down your emotions, like you should put your emotions aside so that you can decide from a rational brain, right? All very masculine all very patriarchal, you know, obviously like this is the way we've been brought up to believe business should be. And still a lot of women are trying to operate this way. So I think let's kind of dive into just that first and then we'll pull some threads. 
Yeah. As I'm hearing you talk about it, it strikes me that it's interesting, interesting that we have this myth, or in my opinion, a misbelief, in that emotions are inaccurate, like that we yeah. can't trust ourselves if we are coming from an emotional place. So therefore, we need to gather all of the out of control emotions and <laughs> get them in line, put everything in order and then get a very rational response. So that's an interesting, just at the core of it, if you think about it, we don't, we've just received that message. Like you can't trust yourself when you're emotional. You're not coming from a clear head, then you're gonna make some wrong decisions. So I think that one right there has got a lot of threads you can pull out because where did we pick that up? And yes, there's that masculine patriarchy, this distrust of women's emotional, IQ, right? It's like women have always been able to navigate the emotional landscape, which in my opinion, anytime there is a dominant group that wants to suppress something in a another group, it's because that's threatening. Mm. <laughs> so I've always thought is like that men actually see emotions as threatening because they're not quite as um, equipped. And of course, culturally, they're not being equipped with those. They can, more and more men are finding ways to increase their emotional intelligence. But yeah, for the longest time, that was sort of seen as don't get emotional like a woman, right? Yes. Don't be bringing that into the business room. Yes. Totally. And and it's so interesting because I also have a belief that our emotions are really our power, right? For, especially for women. We have all this power in our emotion, all this movement in it. We move people through our emotions. So because of that, it's like we've been suppressed. You know, men have been suppressed as well, but we're not going to address that as much in this particular podcast. But I think, you know, we have been suppressed of really expressing our power in business, our ability to move people. I mean, if you hear it in terms of marketing, people talk about bringing the emotion in, you know, like really, so you can move people and it's all about emotional marketing. Like that's sort of the new thing. But as far as running a business, we should suppress our emotions. We should keep our emotions out of it. We should be rational and reasonable, which, yeah, it's just a really interesting concept overall. Because where did it come from? Well, I would say, like you said, the patriarchy and the suppression of yeah. women, fear of our power. And, um, and I know personally in my life, like I definitely have a pattern of men tell, like, what is it? Dismissing me when I'm emotional and angry are standing in my truth and power and basically making it as if everything I say with emotion is irrelevant. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, um, and I, you know, have constantly educated them that that the truth is still there, (laughs) just backed Mm -hmm. with a lot of power. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I really like the way you sort of, um, split hairs on that a little bit earlier when you said, let's see, how did you just articulate? Like, um, wait, I can't remember the the phrase. So I'm going to jump back onto something that you just finished saying, because, um, Okay, the thing about being discredited for the emotions in which is our actually translates into our power source mm-hmm. is a um, like when somebody tells you something that's real is not real, it's disorienting, right? Yes. So I feel like women have been disoriented around like our understanding of what it means to be emotional. So we're kind of knocked off that power source. So we go in, 
to a business meeting. We've been told that this is, that's not something to be, don't be emotional. Don't cry. Don't, you know, cause I mean, even just like emotion crying is a release of energy. So if you were mm. in a really intense situation and you wanted to speak your mind, it would make sense that you might cry, that you might be moved to tears because you're so passionate about something that would be seen as, Oh wow, that person really lost their head. They're not, you know, clear headed. They're not being able to lead from this place or in their emotions. And so I feel like there's a disorienting mm. that happens for women that walk in where they could really use that passion, really use that power to speak to something that's really important to that business meeting or really important to the, the growth of their business. And yet they, they aren't allowed to stand in that at all and feel accepted. Like there's no sense of belonging in the arena or feeling accepted if you come from that, that place, which is another aspect of it. It's not whether or not it's good or bad, but is it even accepted if it, you know, if it yeah. was more okay, would we really accept it and invite it into the business arena? Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that disorientation is a really good perspective, right? Because I think that this is what a lot of things have, have been for us is the feminine has been disoriented, disconnected. And if you look at it in terms of like our emotions actually connect us, they connect us to ourselves. They connect us to the earth. They connect us to each other. They connect us to something much, much bigger than ourselves. And when we're disconnected from those emotions, we lose our sense of things. We lose our groundedness. We lose our ability to really feel from a much bigger perspective and to really connect to our wisdom. So if you look at it in terms of, you know, putting women in their place for a long time, you know, the truth is, this is one of the ways that people have done it. Yes, yes. And in so many ways, like what I was saying earlier, you find people's PowerPoints, and then if you like there's what their strengths are, and you make them doubt that strength or feel disoriented or, you know, sense of disequilibrium, and then you've thrown them off there their game. So yes. it's a way in which if women aren't learning to come back into their emotional beingness, then they are um, not stepping fully into the, the space of business that we could, we could all inhabit more authentically. Yes. So yeah, this is, it's interesting because there's on one hand, kind of an increase in emotional intelligence education, like there's yep. more schools that will speak to it. I mean, it's still not here in the public school system, except through like charter schools or things like that. But there's still um, more books being written about emotional intelligence, I think, and more of awareness amongst our children. But it's kind of lip service when it comes mm. to the, you know, the world of business or even books. Um, and I've noticed lately, okay, this is, I'm going to say this, it may come off sounding a little jaded, but it really drives me crazy listening to really successful male entrepreneurs just now claim the value of intuition or <laughs> like, and they think they've stumbled across like the most amazing thing. And I've heard some recently in some podcast interviews and they're like, yeah, man, like, I just really learned to trust my gut. Like that's something and it's so powerful. I don't know. It's just the way they speak. Yeah. It's like mansplaining all these <laughs> things that women have just been so 
good at all along and we've told to not be that and to suppress it and not show it. And now that they're rediscovering it for themselves, it's like the most amazing five-step success story. <laughs> this is what you have to do. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and yes. even so, I even have a bit of an issue with the term emotional intelligence. Yeah. Right. Like, like yeah, how masculine is that? Right? that by men. Right. Of course. Of course. Right. And the structure of it and the teaching of it is still very like reasonable. Like it's using the intellect and the mind. It's not from a somatic perspective. Not really. You know, and, and the thing is, is that this is, again, the way I feel women have been dismissed because for us, emotions are somatic. They're in our body. They're in the feeling that we have, which is what is connected to intuition, which is the gut, which is all of that. You know, that's how the sense of it. But now we're trying to come at it to understand it through our mind, which completely blocks the actual somatic experience of it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because that's something I always think is really interesting that they leave out the discussion of the sensation. So yeah. there'll be like books, pages full of the importance of emotional intelligence without one mention of the difference between an emotion that you that you're thinking the way they're th like, you're thinking about this emotion. You understand <laughs> what this emotion is versus how do you experience that emotion? Yeah. Where does that show up in your body? What does that mean? How do you experience the sensation of that? And everything becomes, it's a sensation first before it becomes a thought, which is then can be an emotion. Like it can be a rational thought or it can be emotional thought, but first it's sensation before it becomes anything else. And so, yeah, there's this way in which, well, I think that's what I was getting at is sort of what drives me crazy is where there's been truth to something. And I mean, you see this with like ancient wisdom where it's been around forever that we, you know, and yet then we bring it back around to this modern explanation as, as if we've discovered it for the first time or, mm. you know, it's sort of this explaining something through this, I'm this, this lens of the masculine mind that has it all figured out or this cultured mind, or I don't know, it's yeah. somehow taking something that's been just rooted in the human experience that is ancient wisdom and then is sort of school. What is that? Like textbooks through some kind of yeah. intellectualization. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah, I think the yeah. intellectualization is the key. And like you said, I mean, all emotion has a sensation. And what the problem is, so so let's just break down that just really quickly, because the problem is, is that once we intellectualize it and we interpret it, that's where things can go really go wrong, right? Because we're going to interpret it through our mindset or framework. So there's yeah. lots of beliefs we hold. There's lots of ways we've interpreted previous experiences. And so then what happens is the sensation is accurate but the interpretation is not. So then we label all of these sensations as bad or good or happy or sad or wrong or right or whatever it is, instead mm -hmm. of allowing us just to sense the sensation and feel the sensation, which is a lot of what somatic experiencing is about. So yeah. you can talk to this specifically. But I think also, you know, and that's what happens is whereas I've seen a lot of people interpret sensation and it's like, well, that's a lot of judgment on it. What is, yeah. what is the sensation feel like? And same in myself. When I feel yeah. a sensation, like it's just a sensation. Like yeah. the pain or the uncomfortableness or all of that is actually judgment. 
Yes, it's so true. I think that was one of the truths that blew my mind the most when I started studying somatic psychotherapy is the learning that the sensation is only energy and it's our intellectualizing (laughs) or our labeling, judging. It's our thought about our experience that can become problematic. Once we are able to be with experience, with compassion, with curiosity, then it becomes a whole different situation or experience for us because that's sort of the, but that's the hard part to get to because we have patterns that are ingrained, old beliefs, different things we've experienced before that we hold on to. So breaking it down and being okay with just noticing a sensation. One common example, like a common example of this is even just anxiety and panic attacks where so many of my clients have become so anxious about the sensation of anxiety that their panic attack is about their thought connected to, I'm starting to feel anxious now. I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to have to run out of this building. Not going to be, you know, I'm going to embarrass myself. Everything becomes the thoughts around the sensations. One of the most effective ways to work with anxiety is to start going into the sensation when you start to feel the edges of it and you say to yourself, oh, wow, that's energy in my body. My energy is moving. There's a lot more than normal because I'm feeling activated. Maybe something's feeling a little threatening and my body is only trying to protect me. It's like if you create a whole different story and you listen and you allow yourself to be with a sensation without that fear or judgment, it changes then your mind's reaction to it as well because then your mindset can shift and say, oh, wow, this is my body trying to protect me and let me just check out my environment and okay, wait, I've got friends around and I'm safe and, and let me take a deep breath and I'm okay. You know, So it's, it's interesting how I see that play out so often in many different you know, emotional experiences, but anxiety is one that you can you can kind of shortcut it a little bit by noticing sensation before you let your mind run away with what that anxiety is going to do. Yeah. And, and I, and I really think that in general, learning to appreciate your emotions, learning to just feel the sensations of them, because it, it, I think it, it would, it's, beneficial and it allows things to move and it creates more success. Cause I see this in business as well with my clients working with things. It's like they're, if they just allow themselves to appreciate the emotion and to feel it, it moves through. See, emotions are transitory. And I think this mm-hmm. is the piece that a lot of people just don't even understand. Like your emotions, they, they don't stay unless you hold them back. It's like they'll move through your body if you let them, unless you suppress them or freeze them or stop them or cut them off, in which case they stay in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause there it's energy that will move out of your body as you allow it to discharge, unless you create a story around that energy and stop it and think that it's bad. Or we've been taught don't cry, don't show weakness, don't be, um, don't lose it in front of other people, get it together. So there's all these messages around being contained. And that's a really interesting thing about human animals is that we're the only animal that 
allows the neocortex, well, we have the most evolved neocortex, and it, it hijacks our, our physical experience. So what's really interesting is, you know, in a, like the wild, then animal will have a reaction and just shake it off. Like you see dogs or, you know, shake when they come out of um, surgery or something like that. And, you know, humans, we stop any kind of shaking or feeling of being out of control. Yeah. Yes. We don't allow the emotions to move us. Right. And it's really interesting because, you know, like I've done a lot of self-development, somatic work in myself. And, and what I find is that I'm constantly integrating like old emotions that I don't even know where they come from. Right. Like sometimes something will just come up and I'm like, Ooh, there's something here. And it's like, if I allow myself just to experience the sensation, it's like something moves through me and out of me. And then I'm much more present. And it's like, it's, and I always kind of imagine it or see it as like, there's these old sort of emotions that have been stuck in my body or my consciousness or however you want to label it for a long time. And they just come up to be integrated. And it literally is like, I feel the sensation. It's uncomfortable for a couple of minutes and then it moves through. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm here again. And I don't know, like, do you, can you relate to that, Laura? Yeah, definitely. Because that is just, what we call in somatic experiencing, it's just the energy discharging and that's you sitting with it long enough for it to go through the body and, and leave. And then the body kind of, you know, the nervous system returns to a resting state or then maybe it's ready to go into sympathetic arousal because you're about to go into a presentation and your heart starts beating, but it's going to be able, you know, to regulate itself if it's discharging energy. And our mind just gets in the way and gets uncomfortable and says, oh, no, you know, this is wrong. It's not okay. So it's interesting that we're walking into a really intense environment sometimes in business where we're yeah. negotiating with a client or we're making a presentation at a conference or we're a special keynote speaker. There's so many different opportunities, so many different times that there's intensity. There's going to be a typical response of an activated nervous system. Like that's just what happens. You walk into a group of people, you become a bit activated. But if you understand that that's just energy flowing because you need more blood pumping through your body, you're about to be on stage. There's something going on that's changing the state of your body and it's okay. And then you just kind of let that energy move through. You wring out your hands, you yawn, you let a little bit of tears, nervous tears escape before you walk out, that's actually resetting your nervous system and your body's doing fine. That's exactly what it needs to do. But we're so busy trying to push back and contain emotion yep. that we are cutting ourselves off from our fullest expression and experiences of ourselves. Yes. That's the loss, right? And how does that then impact the business that we're in if we're constantly restraining our full expression. And, and I see it too as coming from like two different things because one is we're stopping our own expression, which means that we're not in our fullest self, that we're not in all that we can be and in our greatest potential. But it also disconnects us from the people who are looking for what we have to offer because we're not allowing the full expression of ourselves to reach them. Mm. 
it's always a dyadic situation or yet yeah, interpersonal because yeah. we are not only yeah impacting ourselves but the people around us and then something that you've brought up before is there's also just the response of when something happens in business and we become emotionally reactive in a way that isn't always the best way to handle something. I think that that's what scares people is that when they've, they've suppressed or not allowed themselves to be in touch with what's going on with their sensations and their emotions, but then something pushes them so much that it floods their system and they do have an emotional reaction, which is then often exactly that. It's reactive and yep. it's not an intentional action like, oh, I feel this way and I'm choosing to act this way. It's completely flooded, overwhelmed, impulsive, and then later that might lead to embarrassment or um, regret. And then they equate like, oh, I was really emotional in that meeting and it was horrible. Yeah. And, and I think it's great to split hairs because like there's, a, there's actually a different sensation, right? So I look at a lot of times we can have emotion like anger, for instance, and it can come from a really grounded place, right? See, I don't have an issue with anger. I don't have a problem with anger. You know, a lot of people try to come back and tell me anger is not a good thing. You know, anger means you're not neutral, but I disagree. Like sometimes anger comes from something bigger, right? Like the suppression of women over decades, over centuries, over like, I'm angry. (laughs) Like I should be, that's appropriate. And I think, you know, if you, if you stand strong in that and you realize there's a grounded feeling sometimes that comes from your emotions, like it's almost like it comes from your feet up, right? It's like this, this really grounded emotions. Now that's very different than the feeling or the sensation of being triggered. So like, you know, and Mm -hmm. I can tell in myself when I'm really like emotion is moving through me and it's a good thing and I'm not going to suppress it and I'm not going to let it be suppressed versus I can also get to where I'm being triggered. And then I'm, it's like, I'm not in reality, I guess, is, is kind of the difference. Like when an emotion's moving through me and it's grounded, I'm still very present to the situation. I'm still very like grounded in what's happening. But when I'm triggered by something, it's like I'm triggered by a past experience. And so then I'm not really seeing the situation, uh, you know, in reality, I'm seeing a previous situation. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between just the internal and the external. So when something is an internal, authentic expression of self, that's your emotional sense of something. And it comes from, like you said, kind of the bottoms of your feet, the core of your belly. This is like, this is my statement of I am, I am experiencing this and I want to share this emotion. When there's something externally triggering a response then often it isn't an authentic expression. It's more about triggering a reaction, like you said, based on old patterns, old experiences and beliefs. And I think that that is an important um, distinction to make because when we talk about emotional, um, I'm trying to think, let's, we need to give it a new name, not emotional intelligence, but (laughs) But when we really have like adaptability, emotional adaptability and emotional awareness. awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional <laughs> awareness is being able to know what is your own internal emotional experience and what might be an externally um, 
motivated, right? Or externally, I'm trying to give another word besides it's triggered too, because it's sometimes it doesn't feel harsh, like it's triggering, but it, it feels like it hooks you. It's like a hook, an emotional hook that kind of pulls you out of yourself, right? And I think really when you, I mean, for most of most of the clients that come into my office and, and are ready to explore their emotions, there's fear around trusting themselves with their emotions because yes. they're, they're, they've had experiences of being triggered or being hooked by emotions and kind of feeling outside of themselves and having these reactions that felt embarrassing or felt, um, or they either shut down or they kind of overreacted. And so, so much of emotions really comes back to something we talk about in so many of our episodes is trusting your own capacity to, to feel what you feel, yes. to trust yourself, trust your intuition, trust your experience. And it is really mind-blowing how many of us have gotten so far away from trusting our capacity to just be our human selves. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think we can talk about this issue without talking about how many of us have been shamed for being yeah, emotional, right? Exactly. Because that like, and that's a lot of what we see. I think if emotion just was allowed to move through all the time, we would have less big reactions. But what happens with the triggering and the big reactions that we feel like are out of control, a lot of times because we've suppressed emotion, suppressed emotion, suppressed emotion, and then it's like exploding because it can't be held anymore. And so, you know, if we allowed ourselves just to let things flow, I think we'd, we wouldn't experience that explosion to that degree. But the problem is, is that most of us have been shamed for just experiencing normal emotions. Like, you know, I mean, I have some very personal experiences where, you know, I was like six and crying and was basically like thrown underwater because I embarrassed one of my parents. Mm. And I think, you know, it's... It was, it's so somatically a thing I've had to work through for like, like years and years yeah. of therapy because it, it, it triggered this shame that it's not okay to just be emotional, to just express what I was feeling in that moment. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, most women at one point or another have experienced that because that's the way of the world. Unfortunately, culturally, you know, emotional responses have not been accepted, have not been nurtured, have not been celebrated really. And so there yeah. is some of that that we have to deal with on a really personal level in order to become whole. Yes, yes. And this is where men and women both have experienced yes. so much shame around expressing ourselves and yeah. being emotional in the moment, you know, and it's in childhood and it's so sad. I still see that happening and overhear it, you know, and grocery store aisles and certain public spaces. And you see the parent is often in those moments exasperated and overwhelmed and they, because they didn't receive a lot of the support they needed to develop their emotional selves, they don't know what to do with that stress. And so when their child starts to express it in a very natural, healthy way, then they're quick to shut that child down yeah. because that is not what they were taught. It wasn't okay for them to 
share that and show Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, there's a lot of, no, you don't feel that way, or um, I'll give you something to cry about. I mean, that'll, I mean, there's just like so many really sad things that parents have told boys and girls. And so boys get the whole, like, don't be a baby, um, suck it up basically. And then the girls are, don't upset other people. Like, yeah get it together so that you're not making anybody else uncomfortable, you know? Yes. And that is the piece, right? It's like, I got into a really interesting situation this weekend, which is part of why I was stimulated to talk about this, where, you know, I just made a comment on a post in in quite a big Facebook group where I was saying how there was, there was like some poll about, you know, which entrepreneur do you like? And there was no women. And I thought, why do we constantly have these polls about successful entrepreneurs and none of them ever include a woman? Mm -hmm. This sparked some really interesting stuff, right? Like the, yeah, the emotional responses from the men, but in the form of an attack on me and how like reasonable they were. And, you know, it was just really interesting just to see the play out of what one comment could create with hundreds and hundreds of other people reacting to it, but under the guise that, you know, it's, they're being reasonable and rational and that I'm the angry feminist who, you know, <laughs> is yeah. like, and this is, and this is where it's really interesting. One of the threads I was going to pull out earlier is that I actually was quite grounded in my responses. Like I never once felt triggered in this entire experience, but I was attacked for being angry and reactive and like it triggered everybody else. Yeah, and they labeled you as such. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is really interesting. And that's where, like, for me, I had to, I look, just looked at the difference. Now I feel really grounded. I don't feel triggered. I don't feel pulled. I don't feel hooked. I just feel like this is something that needs to be expressed and talked about. And I think this is what I see with women. And I saw this in the post as well is that even the women in the group, a lot of them are so afraid of making people feel uncomfortable that they backtrack things or they try to be more politically correct or they try to like smooth things out and be the diplomat, which I appreciate so much. But what I realize is that a lot of times we are so afraid as women to make people uncomfortable that we deny our own truth and we deny the reality of what we need to be talking about in the world because of that. Oh yeah, definitely. I see that so much, especially with certain um, feminist movements or projects I'm a part of, or just like that, you know, like you're saying, just making a point of gender disparity. It's women are so, I I see them like, well, I don't want to say all men are this way, or I don't want to be perceived as the angry feminist, or Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, you know, and it's just kind of like, wait a minute, there's not, there's, power in just calling something out and, yes. and having an experience. And just like the whole me, me, the me too movement, you yes. know, there's a lot of like, you can tell the men who have processed more of their own reactions and feelings and their, their own sort of, you, they've done their own personal growth work. They're more quick to become allies and be like, well, hell yeah. Like I want to, how do I help? How do I support you? How do I bring more visibility? It's the men that haven't really examined their own role in, um, like in that in that sense, in any kind of sexual aggression, or where they haven't spoken up or protected women in their life, or they feel like you know it's that shame of um, 
you know, white people feel it often as well. Like, oh, shoot, I didn't know I had any privilege and you're making me feel really crappy about it. It's like, come on. The reality (laughs) is that we all have some, most people and some people have more than others have different levels of privilege. And if it's self-examined and used in a way to help you understand those who have less privilege, then there is a win. But if you hide in it and just get buried in the shame of, well, I didn't know, and I don't mean to hurt anybody, and I can't help that I'm white, or I can't help that I'm a white dude. That's not actually (laughs) furthering any, like, understanding. So, yeah, I feel you, like, in that Facebook group, that was, I can only imagine the different dynamics that came out to play there, because you have so many people's, yeah, different reactions to that. Yeah, and I think, you know... (laughs) I think it's interesting because that that is like a whole nother discussion and podcast episode on privilege because I think the truth is most men don't understand what it is and they there's confusion because I talked a lot about yeah. privilege in that post and the truth was that most people didn't even really understand what that meant. So I think that's yeah. a whole nother thing. But I think, you know, to sort of circle back around to what we're talking about today, the reason that I wanted to bring up emotions and the reason why this is like probably a lengthy discussion that could cover many episodes is that when we use our emotions in business, when we let them move things, we are going to have so much more impact. And I think what happens is because we deny our emotions because of the sort of fear of control or our past experiences or the things that have happened around shaming us, when we deny our emotions in our business, we are lessening our impact. And that is what I think we need to be looking at and discussing and dissecting and reorganizing and redefining. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for coming back to that. Because like you said, there's so many ways we can kind of split off. And what we really want to really kind of spur this conversation was this ability to stand in our emotional truth and have it be a power um, or a tool for good Mm -hmm. and to further our mission and our purposes. And unfortunately, too many women have felt and have been discredited by being emotional. Mm. And I think that the only way that we're going to start to shift this is to be emotional unapologetically. Yes. And I don't see that happening enough because even when I see women become emotional, they often apologize or justify or some explain it. Someone like, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but, um, or, you know, excuse me for a minute. This is making me emotional. But no, no excuses, no apologies. Like this is the future of being able to use business for social good. Yes. Yes. And that's, you know, and that is what I saw like in that post, which was such a good example, whereas I was unapologetically emotional and feeling very grounded in it. You know, it was, it was really interesting to see because a lot of women who claimed they were attacked or who claimed that they spoke up, they were still doing it in a way that was politically correct. That was like less emotional 
right? Yeah. Less yeah. anger, less, you know, it's like that, you know, that, and, and I think we have to stop all of that. We, we let all of these um, reactions and people's uncomfortableness, we, we let that move us, right? And we've talked about in the episode around like we're done moving. We let all yeah. these things around us move us instead of really standing in our truth. And I know it's hard and I know it's uncomfortable and it's not easy and it's practice, right? And, you know, I didn't get here where I could stand in that, you know, overnight. Like I've been practicing yeah. it for a long time. But I think, you know, we've got to shift and change and stand more in our power, which is our emotional nature. You know, if you, if you look at it in terms of like, uh, emotions is, you know, like weather, right? Some people sort of equate it to like the ocean or to the wind or, you know, it's like to a storm. It's like we have all this power. And if we let it move through us, we are going to create so much change in the world. But if we keep denying it, if we keep um, polishing it up, if we keep making it more palatable to everyone, then we lose all of that power. And it's, again, why it's so important for us to talk about this as a group of women, you and I talking about it, the listeners, like we have to do this in solidarity with each other because we are going to feel pushback and we're going to feel alone sometimes. I mean, and I think about just the past decade I've spent you know, really working on creating a feminist business model and the number of times that both men and women have given me feedback on certain aspects of how I'm operating because they want to see me go back into the model they're used to, the customer service that they're used to, the 24-7 on-call, you know, so all of the work-life balance, culture that I'm creating, the transparency, the ability to just say, I'm sorry, like, I can't meet your needs. Um, sorry, I can't. You know, this kind of ability to be honest with, with each other, that's been difficult because I have people that mm. don't, they don't like it because they don't recognize it. Like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to a business, you know, being either really rigid and difficult to work with or they're like extremely compliant with whatever I need because they want my customer review. I'm like, well, what if we just go somewhere in the middle and be human with each other and sit down and talk about our challenge and come to a solution? Um, right. You know, and it's so interesting. I, I had um, a client recently need to come to me and renegotiate a contract that we had. And I could tell they were really afraid that I wouldn't want to adjust this contract or I just wouldn't, be, you know, because the old school paradigm of you've agreed to something, like you have to, mm. st- you know me, Sonia, sometimes. I've had to learn to get even more of a stickler. But for the most part, like, you know, most people think things are rigid in business and they won't bring their emotions to it. But when this person came to me and said, I need to change this contract, I said, well, tell me what's going on. What are you feeling? You know, and then all of the stuff comes out of what's really going on. It's not just a breach of contract because I don't want to meet, you know, what I agreed to. It's like this has changed in my life and I'm feeling really vulnerable and this is really hard. And we worked out a new solution that worked for both of us. But I'm always surprised about that people don't expect that from business. They don't think I'm going to work with them in that way because they're used to having to show up without the emotions, but the rational argument for why something should be done. And so, yeah, it's just fascinating to me that 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 is so 
I don't know, prevalent, even though we, I feel like I'm seeing more and more pockets of change. So coming back to my first point, let's stand together. And when you decide that that's how you're going to be in your business and you get pushed back, come to us, come to your sisters, come to your friends and talk about the challenges so we can continue to help each other hold that ground unapologetically. Yes. Yes. And I think we'll wrap up today on that note. And, you know, I think this is a discussion and a, and a topic that we can break down into a lot of pieces over, you know, coming episodes, because I think understanding our emotions and just even talking about it is something that we just don't get enough of. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.